right. This morning, I'm going to be getting into a message that I feel is so important. If you were not here last night, I would really highly recommend you go listen to last night's message because this morning is a separate message entirely, but it's very connected to last night's message in many ways because I feel a heavy burden at the moment, not necessarily for Oceans United Christian Center, but what I truly believe God is saying to the church at a time like this, there are certain things we need to pay attention to, that we need to be vigilant, we need to be awake, we need to pay attention. Is that okay? I believe that God is raising up His church in this last days, and I'm excited about what He's doing. There's many things going on on the earth, and we know that on the day of Pentecost, Peter got up and he said, when they spoke about what was taking place, he said, this is that that was prophesied by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. This is what the prophecy was. And this is very significant because what most people don't realize is that the last days started on the day of Pentecost. It was the last days, the, a dispensation that we'd entered into of the church age and many things that God is doing on the planet right now. God's timeline will always be for three people, for three different individuals, people, or tribes, or peoples, for the world, for Israel, and for the church. God has a purpose for all three. Are you guys with me? So we've entered into the last days nearly 2,000 years ago, probably a little over 2,000 years ago now. What does that mean for you and I? That means that we're in the last days, but how close to the end or the last of the last days are we? Well, many believe that we're in that season right now where we're in the last of the last days, but we know from Scripture that we can never really know the answer to that question. Yes, we can look at prophecy, and yes, we can discern many things, and we can hear the voice of the Lord. And, and there's a certain urgency in the body of Christ right now that we should pay attention to. But no man knows the day and no man knows the hour. That is a guarantee. We know that. <clears throat> that being said, it is important that we take note of certain things. What the Bible says about the end time church. What the end time church will look like. We know that there will be a divide between the truth and the false church in the end times. And it will become more evident the Bible also warns that the elect will even be deceived in the last days, which means that we have to pay attention and we need to know what to look for to make sure that we are not deceived. How many of you in this room don't want to be deceived? I don't want to be deceived. So let's dive into this this morning. Let's go to Matthew 28, verse 19. Matthew 28, verse 19. I'm starting here very specifically because when the church age began, just before Jesus went up to be with the Father, he gives a mandate to his disciples. We must pay attention to this mandate because it tells us who we as a people are supposed to be. Matthew 28, 19, this is what he says to his disciples. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. This was the last command. 
And in all the Gospels, there's more detail added to it to get the full picture. But there's one thing that's clear in all of it, and that was the mandate. What was the mandate? He says, go therefore and make disciples. You are called to be a disciple. You are called, really the church should be called the disciples of Jesus. We are his disciples. The Bible does not say go into all the world and make converts. Although to become a disciple, you are converted to Christianity. Can we all agree? But the mandate was to make disciples. That means that the desire of the Lord Jesus Christ is that each and every one of us is called to be a disciple, to become a disciple for him. And I'm, I'm overemphasizing this because I'm going to make my point right at the end of the sermon, and this will all fit together when we get to the end. But I don't want you to forget that this morning, that you were called to be a disciple. You are either a disciple or you are not. There is no, I'm a half a disciple. You're either a disciple or you're not. If you're not, you may not even be in the faith. Let's examine this further. Let's go to Matthew 7, verse 13. Matthew 7, 13. Man, it's so good to see you all. Amen. Haven't you been enjoying the little bit cooler weather the last couple of weeks? A little bit windy, but you know, other than that, it's been pretty, pretty good. Matthew 7, verse 13. He's talking to the people, and this is what he says. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. So you need to understand that there is a path that leads to destruction. And he tells us that many choose that path, the path that leads to destruction. That's the wide path. That's the easy path. That's what I call easy street. It's comfortable. It's not challenging. It's not difficult in any way. It's just wide and, and easy. Then he says in verse 14, he says, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way that leads to life. And there are few who find it. This is shocking. There are few that find the true path to true life. There are, true that, there are few that choose to follow the Lord and follow that path. And the reason why they don't choose that path is because it's a difficult path to choose. Your flesh and your body, your desires will be contrary to what's on that path. Whereas the other path is much easier. It's, we just go on that path and we just, you know, we get to the end. Unfortunately, that gate leads to destruction, the Bible says. But the path that's narrow and more challenging, that's the path that leads to life. How many of you think this is important? Now he makes a statement that many have have, 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 have said or, or interpreted in a certain way, but it, we must look at this in its entirety. What is the Lord trying to tell us? Look at what he says next. He says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. 
So you must understand that there will be people in your life that will come to you, prophets, and there are also teachers the Bible also warns about, that will come to you in sheep's clothing. They'll be ravenous wolves. They'll, they'll, they'll have their own agenda. And we, you know, we'll talk more about this over the next couple of weeks because this is going to be a series, just so you know. He says, the way that you will know them, look at what he says in verse 16. He says, you will know them by their fruit. You will know them by their fruit. Now we have to stop at this right here because we need to know the fruit of an individual when we want to know whether that individual is true or not true. The way to discern whether someone is true or not true is by their fruit. That's what the scriptures say. Are you all with me? Now, some people will want to say, well, this is not talking about the sheep. This is talking about the person leading. The reality is, is each and every one of us, whether you like it or not, is a tree. The question is, what type of tree are you? Are you a good tree or a bad tree? And we're going to get to that in just a moment. You're either a good tree or a bad tree. You'll know a good teacher. You'll know a good believer by their fruit. The only way to, to be able to tell whether someone is true or false is by their fruit, not by their gifting, not by their talents. You will only know by their fruit. So the question is, or the question should be, how do we know their fruit? And what fruit are we talking about? Let's stop for a moment. We'll get back to the text in a moment. It's important that you understand that in the Bible, there is different types of fruit. Not only one type of fruit. Most of us, as soon as you think of fruit, you immediately go to the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is extremely important because the fruit of the Spirit really, does, really shows us the nature of God. God is love. God is joy. God is peace. He's the one, that's who He is. He's the God of peace. He's the God of joy. He's the God of love. Are you guys with me? So the fruit of the Spirit is one part of the fruits that are available, but it's not the only part. There are other fruits in Scripture that we need to talk about. The same way that when you talk about gifts, as soon as we speak of spiritual gifts or gifts in Scripture, many people immediately refer to the gifts of the Spirit. There are nine gifts of the Spirit, but those are not the only gifts in the Bible. Are you guys with me? In, in, in the Bible speaks about the nine fruits of the Spirit and the nine gifts of the Spirit. But God also gives other gifts to men. For example, the, the gifts of the Spirit, the nine of them, I'm not going to give you the list today. We're going to talk more about these next week. But the same way that the, there's nine fruits, there's also nine gifts. But excluded in the gifts of the Spirit are other gifts like gifts of giving, gifts of mercy. These are mentioned in Scripture. How many of you have ever heard, someone will make a statement, they'll say, well, God has given me the, the gift of discernment, and that's a gift of the Spirit. No, it's not. The gift of discerning of spirits is a gift of the Spirit. If you have the ability and God has given you the ability to discern other things or strong discernment, that might be another gift, but it's not the gift of the Spirit. The gift of the Spirit is the discerning of spirits. So oftentimes we say, well, I have this gift of the Spirit, and it's the gift of Mercy. No, it's not. It's, it's, that's not a fruit of the Spirit, a gift of the Spirit. That's a gift that God gives, but it's not a gift of the Spirit. 
So there are many types of gifts. There are also many types of fruits. Let me give you one example. I don't want to spend time on this this week because we're going to talk about it next week. But the Bible says that the fruit of your womb is your children. Do we all agree? So the question is, what type of fruit have you bore? Either good fruit or bad fruit. But it's your fruit. Don't shoot the messenger. So if you raise your children according to Scripture in the ways of the Lord, they will not depart from it. If you raise your children according to the way God desires for you to raise them up, they will not depart from it. Now, don't get me wrong. You can have a child. You can raise your kids in the ways of the Lord, and the majority of your kids will follow the Lord. But maybe there's one that goes wayward. That's not necessarily your fault. You know, children also get older. They make their own choices. But scripturally, if we raise our children in the ways of the Lord, they will not depart from it. If you do it according to Scripture with your whole heart, the fruit will be good fruit. Are you guys with me? So <clears throat> I'll never forget, not too long ago, we had Will Hart, the guys from Iris Ministries here. Do you all remember that? When he got in my car, he said one thing to me, I want to meet your children and your wife. That was the first thing he said to me. Why? Because he wanted to check my fruit. He wanted to see my children. He wanted to see my wife. He can't tell if I have lots of love and if I have lots of joy and lots of peace. I didn't say this in the first service. Yes, those are fruits that need to be bore. And yes, you can see them, but it takes time. So immediately when he met me, he wanted to see some of my fruit. Some of my fruit. There are many types of fruit. We'll get to it next week. But I need you to understand this. This, this. Are you guys with me? There is not only one type of fruit that has to be born in, the person, in a believer's life. There are multiple types of fruit that you need to look for. If I want to see if the Holy Spirit's evident in someone's life, then I want to see the fruit of the Spirit. But if I want to see ministry, I need to see if the ministry is real and ministry is true, I need to look at the fruit of the ministry. And we will go into all of this next week. Are you guys okay? All right, I said too much already, but that's okay. That's all right. So he says in verse 16, you will know them by their fruit. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down, watch this now, and thrown into the fire. Everybody say fire. Don't forget that now. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. You will either bear good fruit or you will bear bad fruit. You will know them by their fruit. The bad fruit, the trees that bear bad fruit are not true trees and they will be cast into the? How do we know this? Well, let's take a look at the next verse. What does it say? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And I will de declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. That's what it says. But you know, this is now just addressing the Pentecostals. Right? Because they prophesy and cast out demons and stuff like that. No, that's not what it's saying. You see, the problem with the church today is that we don't realize Jesus was talking about his church. What was going to come? This is the book of Matthew. Do we all agree? He knew that the church would be empowered with power from on high. 
so the, this would be normal. People that operate in the church would be operating with the gifts of the Spirit. Prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. These things, these signs will follow those who believe. So the signs of the believer would be evident in the life of individuals. Jesus is saying you will not look at their gifting and their abilities to decide whether they are true or false. You have to look at their fruit. But he wasn't saying that Pentecostals are all bad. Or that if you practice the, the gifts or you know, that now you're evil or bad. That's not what it is at all. But many have interpreted it like that. Can you believe that? So what does it mean? He says, he says, and then in the, verse, the last part, he says, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness, because you're either a good tree or a bad tree. This address is not only towards the false prophet or the false teacher, this address is to every single believer. And I will fully prove that as we go on this, this morning. Yes, you have to be responsible with who you sit under, without a doubt. But when you stand before God one day, you can't say, well, you know, Lord, it was, it was Pastor Mike's fault. It's definitely not me. Pastor Mike's fault. <laughs> you know, he was the false. The Bible, you have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You have to be responsible for what you allow into your life, what you watch, what you listen to, what you sit under, what you participate in. Those are all your choices. But you must be aware of those who are false. You must be able to discern those who are false. And the way that you do it is not by their talents and gifts. The way that you do it is by their fruit. You need to discern the fruit that they have. But ultimately you, again, whether you like it or not, you're either a good tree or a bad tree. Take a look at what the scriptures say. Let's go to Jeremiah 17 verse 7. Watch this now. Jeremiah 17 verse 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf, its, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Are you not a man that trusts in the Lord? This is not an address to leaders or pastors. This is an address to everyone. So you are either someone that trusts in the Lord and hopes in the Lord, or you are not. If you are someone that trusts in the Lord and hopes in the Lord, you will be like a tree planted by the water, and the water will be your source of provision. And make sure that you will end up bearing good fruit, even in the drought, even when things go wrong. Even when things go bad, you will still stand. You will still be a good tree. Are you guys with me? You're a tree. <laughs> Let's go to Psalm 1, verse 1. Watch how the psalmist quotes the same scripture. This is powerful. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. He elaborates though. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. What is the opposite? The person who walks in the counsel of the ungodly. So you're either a man that walks in the counsel 
of, of, who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly or you the man who walks in the counsel of the ungodly. This could be translated also, either you are open to ungodliness or you are not open to ungodliness. So blessed is the one who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seats of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the river of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And, what's, and whatever he does shall prosper. If you're a tree, if you're an individual that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, in other words, you choose to walk uprightly. You choose to follow God's instruction, not the instruction of someone that leads you astray. Not in the instruction, like I said last night, out of the book of Timothy, when Paul addresses Timothy, he says, in the, in the last days, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves. And later on, he says, men will be, will, 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 men will be lovers of themselves and they will not be lovers of God. They will have a desire to go after their own pleasures. They will love the pleasures of this world more than they will love God. And then Paul says, listen, use me as an example because I've been persecuted. I've gone through stuff. He says, but the Lord has never, ever left me. He's been with me all the time. Are you guys with me? So no matter what, I've had to go through stuff. The path, the narrow path is not always the easy one, but stay with it and you will have good fruit. You will bear good fruit. Easy is the way that satisfies our flesh. Easy is the way that leads to destruction. You can't be both. There are no average trees. They're either good or they're bad. But the reality is, in, in Psalm 92 verse 12, look at what it says. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. You're a palm tree. Amen. If Jesus wants me to be a palm tree, I want to be the best palm tree I can be. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. Oh, that's good. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Man, you've got to keep on going. You've got to keep on serving Him. You've got to keep on following Him. You might go through a drought. You might go without rain for a season. But if you stay connected to the river, if you stay connected to the vine, I want to tell you your fruit will come. Listen. Joshua and Caleb were promised the promised land. Caleb was 85 years old when he went to Joshua and he said, listen, it's time for me to get my inheritance. In other words, it's time for me to get the fruit that was promised to me. I wanna get that fruit that was promised to you. 85 years old and the righteous shall inherit all of those things that the Lord says will be theirs. Doesn't matter if you're 18 years old or 85 years old or 95 years old, you stay strong, you stay true, you stay grounded, you stay planted and you watch how God will cause you to bear good fruit. I want to be a tree that bears good fruit. Amen. 
So you can clearly see from Scripture that a good tree and a bad tree is not only leaders, but every one of us. We are either good or bad trees. We bear either good fruit or bad fruit, but one cannot be the other. You are either good or you are bad. Are you guys with me? This is important. So the question is, how do we bear good fruit? John 15 verse 1 tells it to us pretty plainly. I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation so that it's easy to understand. Look at what he says. I am the true grapevine. This is John 15 verse 1. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. I want you to see that fruits that, branches that do not produce fruit, he cuts them off. Branches that do produce fruit, watch this now, he prunes them so that they can bear more fruit. He takes care of it. He nurtures it. The stuff that's on there that's harmful, snip, snip. Snip, snip can be a little uncomfortable sometimes. But it helps us to bear more fruit. Listen, Father, if there's branches here that need to be pruned, cut away. Cut away, Lord. Cut them down. Cut them out. I don't want them, Lord, because I want to bear good fruit. As a pastor, I want to be a good pastor. But being a good pastor doesn't start on the platform. It starts at home with my family. And the reality is you can say all the right things, but how are you living? Does your story match what you say? No one reads your mail like your kids, guys. They know you. The good, the bad, the ugly. They know it all. They see it. You cannot fool them as little as they are. Watch what he says. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Oh. Remain in me and I will remain in you. What happens if you don't remain in him? I don't think I need to answer the question because he's going to answer it for us. Watch. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is served, a branch cannot produce fruit if it is served from the vine and you cannot be fruitless unless you remain in me. Fruitful, sorry. You cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Watch. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such, such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Sounds familiar. Just what was said earlier on in the book of Matthew. Are you guys with me? You're a tree. 
I'm a tree. We're all trees. Now we're connected to the main tree, the branch. We're branches of the main tree. So if we're not a true tree, we get cut down. Are you guys with me? Well, I know this is a lot. But you're okay. You can handle it. Because it's going to make sense in just a moment. Watch this now. But if you remain in me, so if you don't remain in me, you're going to be in trouble. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. Watch this. When you produce much fruit, you are my what? Disciples. What's the mandate? To be disciples. Jesus said, go into the, all the world and make disciples. So in other words, you're either a disciple, a good tree, or a good branch, or you're not. You were never called to be a convert. If you're a convert and you have no fruit, something is wrong. What are you listening to? What are you sitting under? What do you believe? But if you're a good tree, a good disciple, or a good branch, you will bear good fruit. Are you guys with me? How important is this? He says this. This brings great joy to my Father. Let me stop there for a moment. I don't want you for one second to think that because of your imperfections, you're a bad tree. We all have imperfections. Not too long ago, I had a lovely couple come to my office, and they love God, and, and I've watched them. They've been in the church for quite a few years, and I've watched them over the years as the Lord has begun to work powerfully in their lives. Over the years, they've grown so much. The husband has grown, the wife has grown, the two of them have grown so much. I'm not going to give you the details, but compared to where they started, it's pretty incredible to see what God has done and how he has transformed them. In the office, one of them began to cry and say to me, Pastor Alex, you know, everything has changed and this and that, but we haven't seen, you know, we haven't seen all of what we desire to see yet. And I began to laugh because you must understand a tree doesn't grow overnight. A tree takes time to grow. And this is what I told them. And I want to tell you this this morning. Imagine if I came to you and I said to you, this seed, this is better than Jack and the Beanstalk and any seed you've ever seen, right? This seed, if I give you the seed and you plant the seed, this seed is going to become the most incredible tree like no other tree. You then take that seed and you go and plant it in the ground. You put the soil right. You put enough water. You go to bed. The next morning when you wake up and go outside, I want you to know the seed is still a seed. Something has begun to take place. You can't see it yet, but it's begun. The process has begun. So it is in the life of a believer. In a couple of weeks, you'll go out and look at that seed, and that seed will be a little, but it's there. And it's of that tree that's going to become something so special. 
something so wonderful. And as time goes on with taking care of it, with, with nurturing it, with making sure it's given the right nutrients and, 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 and the right amount of sun and everything that it needs to grow, it will slowly become a larger tree and a larger tree. And eventually, that tree will bear a lot of fruit. The process to getting to where you desire is simply that, a process. You may not see all the fruit that you desire immediately. You know, my husband got saved six months ago, Pastor Alex. He's still not perfect. Listen, I've been married to Naomi for 23 years. She's still not perfect. <laughs> but I see fruit. I hope you see some in me. <laughs> we are not perfect. But the fruit it's growing slowly but surely. The process is taking place in our lives. The question is, are you abiding in Him or aren't you? Are you abiding in His love or aren't you? What type of fruit is being produced with what you've chosen to follow and what you've chosen to believe? See, what you believe is so important because deception is simply that. Deception. And we know that even the elite will be deceived. Please, God, let not one of us be deceived. Are you guys with me? I don't want to be deceived. I don't want you to be deceived. So we stay in a posture of, of humility and we say to the Lord, Father, help me to see clearly. How do I do that? By looking for the fruit. You have to look for the fruit. It's very easy in our, in our church world to be impressed by everything from the outside, but you have to look with fruit. And Jesus made it so clear to us. And next week, we'll discuss all the kinds of fruit and what to look for and all of that stuff. This week, I want you to realize that it's important for you to take responsibility for your own life. As your pastor, I will lead you the best way I can, not perfectly, but as best I can. But you are responsible. You are responsible for what you allow in your life. You are responsible for how you choose to follow Jesus. And you cannot change his word to suit your lifestyle because those are bad seeds and they will not produce good fruit. This is my, my, my prayer and the burden that God has given me to share with you this morning. Church, let's be those trees that are planted by the water, that desire to, to follow His will and not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, but have a desire to be abiding in Him, to follow His word, to be on the path that is narrow. It's amazing when Paul addresses Timothy, how he says to Timothy, listen, he says, he says, to, he says to him, this is how people will be in the last days. And he says to him, but you don't be like that. You follow the way I've taught you. And then he tells him, not only in what I've said, but how I've conducted myself, how I've managed to stay faithful and true to him, even when I was suffering persecution and things went wrong. Listen, if you study the life of Paul, it was no rose garden. And he says to Timothy, that's the example. So even when it's not comfortable or not what you want or not what makes you feel good, stay the path. And then you will become a good tree.
Let's bow our heads. Father, this morning in this place, we're so grateful to you that we have given our hearts to you and we choose to follow you. We cannot measure your grace, Lord, because it is greater than anything we can understand. But I know that you have called us to abide in you, to abide in your love. I pray, Father, that not one in this place or one watching online will ever choose to no longer abide in you. That we will become branches, we will become trees, God, that will bear much fruit for your kingdom. And that we will enter into joy, Father, that you have called us to have and walk in because you love us so much. Let our lives tell your story, God. Let our lives speak of the mercy, the goodness, the love, and the power of our God that changes the hearts and the lives of men and women. Father, we love you so much, and we are so grateful to you that you have saved us. We honor you and we love you in Jesus' name. Can I ask, just to keep your head bowed just for a moment, if you've come here this morning, and you say, Pastor Alex, my life is not right with God. And this morning, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to abide in the vine. I want to make my life right with Him. I want to come to Him. I want to serve Him. And maybe you feel like your life isn't right with God. Maybe you've never given your heart to Jesus. Can I ask you if I can pray for you? Will you slip your hand up so I can pray for you? Don't be afraid. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you. I see your hand. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you in the back. I see you. Thank you. Anybody else say, Pastor, that's me this morning. I want to commit my life to Jesus. Raise your hand up. Raise it high so I can see where you are. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. If you've come here this morning and you say, Pastor Alex, I used to serve the Lord. I see you guys. God bless you. I used to serve the Lord, but I've gone astray. I don't feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be. I don't feel like I'm really abiding. Raise your hand and I'll include you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you, thank you. God bless you, thank you so much. Can everybody stand for just a moment? Let's all stand, just for a moment. If you raised your hand, I want you to come to the front. Don't be afraid. If the, if the person's next to you and they want to let, you, let them through so they can come, don't be afraid. There's many of you that raised your hand. Come quickly, come quickly. Come quickly, here they come. Thank you so much. Don't stay in your seat. This is the most important decision you've ever made. Come quickly so I can pray for you. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. God bless you. Come and stand over here. Thank you guys so much. There we go. Let them come. Let's give them a round of applause. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. That's it, guys. Come. Come. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Oh, it's so awesome to see how the Lord is moving. God bless you guys. Come on. Let's give them a big clap. Amen. It's okay. It's all right. It's okay. You're okay. This is so awesome. Young lady, amen. So wonderful. And the Lord is really moving on their hearts. Father, thank you, Lord. Come, come, we're waiting for you. Stand right here. Stand right here. Thank you, guys. God bless you. God bless you. Isn't this amazing? I know there were more of you, but that's okay. 
If you want to still come, you can come. But the Lord is really moving on your hearts. The Lord is really moving. Young lady, it's awesome. Amen. 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 God bless you guys. God bless you. God bless you. Things are going to change for you guys now. You'll see. You'll see. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. Hey. And he's answered your prayer. God bless you. You guys are so awesome. So awesome. God bless you. God bless you. Oh, it's so good to see you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, young lady. The hand of the Lord is strong on you now. Strong on you. Amen. Man, when he saves, he saves. Amen. God bless you guys. Hello. God bless you. What a beautiful family you guys are. God bless you guys. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. It's okay. It's okay. Amen. 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 That's what it's all about. Amen. Amen. We're going to pray together. The whole church is going to pray with you, but you guys pray this from your heart. Make a decision today that you choose to follow Jesus with your whole heart. Listen, guys, it's worth it. It's so awesome. It's not easy, but it's so awesome. It's so worth it. There's just nothing like it. Let's all bow our heads. Everybody pray, but you guys, especially in the front, pray this like, like you mean it this morning. Say, Father, pray it. Father, I come to you now. And this morning, I give my heart to you. I give my life to you. I believe Jesus died and rose again. That's okay. You are my Savior. You are my Lord. Come and wash me. Come and cleanse me. I surrender to you this morning. I surrender to you, Jesus. I will follow you all the days of my life. Thank you, God. Now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you fill them. Fill her up, Lord. Never the same. Never the same. You will never be the same. You will never be the same in the name of Jesus. Never the same. Your family will be transformed and you will go from strength to strength and from glory to glory. No more condemnation. This is a new day, sir. In the name of Jesus, for each and every one of you, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always. May His hand and His strength be upon you all the days of your life as you follow Him. You and your house will serve the Lord all the days of your life. In the mighty name of Jesus, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you anyway. Let's give the Lord a big clap. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. you. If you have a look, guys, there's somebody behind you that wants to just meet with you and pray with you. If you look over there, there's that handsome young pastor that's going to Okeechobee. If you can just follow him, he's going to take you to a room where we want to give you something and pray with you. Come on, church. Let's give them a big God bless you. Go, go. You're going to be fine. You've done so
now we have in church. Amen. Amen. And so I pray for you. I pray for you that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that the love of the Father and the fellowship with the Spirit be with you each and every day, that you will follow Him and hear His voice and be led by the Spirit in everything you do. Father, protect them. They're yours. That your hand would be mighty and strong on them. And Lord, we, will, we, will, we choose, we, we desire to be led by your Spirit in everything. Because it's your Holy Spirit that leads us to truth. It's your Holy Spirit that teaches us. It's your Holy Spirit that always takes us back to your word. Father, I pray this for your people, that each and every one of them will be good trees planted in the ground, Father, and will bear much fruit in the days that lie ahead. We love you and we honor you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen, God.